0: Let's pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we begin this message now, Lord God, and as we enjoy the outdoors and we make the adjustments that we need to make so that we could, Lord God, um, honor the laws of our land and also, Lord God, honor you at the same time. And so, Father, we've chosen to come out here and to have our services out here so that we can have the people gather freely here, Lord God, out in the open to have church and worship and praise and just corporate fellowship. So we pray right now, God, that you would bless the reading of the word. Father, we pray for all of our neighbors, and perhaps are listening to this right now, that you will just give them ears to hear, and to give, a, give, a, give us a chance, Lord God, to, to hear what we have to say about how you, Jesus, have changed our lives. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. now, all God's people said... Yeah. You no, know, I want to really loud him and All God's people said? You yeah. know, a lot of that. And all God's people said? Yeah. All right, that sounds like Chatsworth. All right, got some life going on here. Praise God. All right, so uh, for those of you that have not been with us and for those of you that have been following us for the last few weeks, uh, we've been looking at the life of a young man by the name of Joseph. For those of you that have been following us the last few weeks, we actually began our study by examining the life of another young man whose name was David, who would eventually become the second king of Israel. And we pointed out that David was the neglected son of his father Jesse, while Joseph was the favorite son of his father Jacob. And we learned that Joseph was one of 12 boys that were born to Jacob, and we have been following Joseph's life for the past few weeks, okay? Now, last week, we learned that Joseph was still in prison. We have left this poor guy, Joseph, there in prison since the beginning of July. Okay? Last week we learned that even though Joseph was betrayed and sold out by his older brothers, God was with Joseph. We also learned that even though Joseph became a slave to an Egyptian named Potiphar, God was with Joseph. And I want you to say this with me when I say it, okay? Even though Joseph was falsely accused of attempted rape, God was with Joseph, okay? Even though uh, Joseph was in prison, Even though he didn't do anything wrong, God was with Joseph, okay? So we learned that Joseph uh, correctly and accurately interpreted the dreams of two fellow prisoners last week. One was a butler or a cupbearer, and the other one was a baker. The dreams and their interpretations were fulfilled, and the cupbearer was restored to his position and served the Pharaoh of Egypt while the baker was hung and died. And we left off with the sad and hard lesson learned by Joseph. Don't trust in man to get you out of a jam. Let me say that again. Don't trust in man to get you out of a jam. Who do you have to trust in? You have to trust in Jesus. Can you say amen? You have to trust in God. If you trust in man to get you out of a jam, you're going to be disappointed. But if you trust in God, you will be blessed. Joseph was putting his hope and trust in the cupbearer to tell the Pharaoh, of his innocence. Joseph was hoping and believing that after the cupbearer told Pharaoh, Pharaoh would release him from prison. And I'm sure that Joseph was already planning uh, on how he would go back to his home. He was planning on how he would go back to his family. He was planning on how he would go back to his dad, back to what was familiar to him. But sadly, the Bible tells us that the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. What is the lesson? People may forget about you. People may write you off. People may let you down and consider you insignificant, unimportant, invisible, unqualified, a waste of time, unpopular, low status, homeless, low life, forgotten in a prison cell, and no one cares and no one is aware But I have some good news for you today. God will never forget you. Can I say an amen to that? God will never forget you. Even though everyone else may forget you, God will never forget you. And we have some scriptures that we shared last week to encourage us and to remind us that God will never leave us or forsake us or forget about us. He's always going to be on our side. Let me just share these scriptures. Now, Normally, if we were inside... We will be sharing these scriptures on the screen. You could see them, but I'm going to go ahead and just speak them out. You probably won't even have time to look, at, look them over on your cell phones, but just hear the word of the Lord for this morning. We have to kind of make adjustments since we're out here. Are we okay? Are we on the same page? Can you say amen, church? Okay, so just kind of listen to the word as I just share these scriptures that I shared with you yesterday. Okay, Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. That's God's word to you right now. Matthew 1.23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Can you you believe that God actually likes to hang out with us? He says, God with us us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Isaiah 43 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Let me say that again. So do not fear. Don't be afraid. Why? For I am with you. This is God speaking to you right now take it personal make it your own own it own this for yourself this, again so do not fear don't be afraid don't freak out don't panic for i am with you says the lord do not be dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you and help you i will uphold you with my righteous right hand isaiah forty-one thirteen. for i am the lord your god who takes hold of your right hand and says to you do not fear, I will help you. Deuteronomy 31, six. be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right Or to the left, that you may be be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. How many of you want to be prosperous and successful? Okay. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Hebrews 13, 5, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So as we continue on with Joseph's story, we're all caught up now. And as we continue on with Joseph's story, I have some good news for you today. Today, we are going to let Joseph out. Of prison. And you shout hallelujah. We're going to let poor Joseph out of prison today. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? We left the poor guy in there since the beginning of July. So now let's get him out. Let's get him out of there. Let's go to Genesis chapter 41. I'm going to read this to you again. I apologize for not being able to have the overhead for you to follow along. So you're just going to have to do your best to listen to it. It says here, if you want to go on your cell phones, I'm going to be reading out of the NIV, Genesis chapter 41. I want to read the whole chapter. Okay, it says this. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile. When out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the riverbank. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek Fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of the grain swallowed up the seven healthy full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. In the morning, his mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told him his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation. Giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was hanged. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Verse 16, I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream I was standing on the bank of the Nile, When out of the river, there came up seven cows, fat and sleek, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows came up, scrawny and very ugly and lean. I had never seen such ugly cows in all the land of Egypt. The lean, ugly cows ate up the seven fat cows that came up first. But even after they ate them, no one could tell that they had done so. They looked just as ugly as before. Then I woke up. In my dreams, I also saw seven heads of grain. Full of and good, growing on a single spot. After them, seven other heads sprouted, withered, and thin, and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven good heads. I told this to the magicians, but no one could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that came up afterward are seven years, and so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. And now that Pharaoh looked for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt, let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held and reserved for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot and his second in command, and men shouted before him, Make way! Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift a hand or foot in Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name zapna paaneah and gave him Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of an to be his wife, and Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout the land of Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain, like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping record because it was beyond measure. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Adapherah, priest of An. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Then the seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end. And the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph said. There was famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt there was food. When all Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. All and all the countries came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe in all the world. I don't know about you, but I got hungry just reading that, okay? All right, that was a long story. Hopefully you guys were able to follow along. Those of you that have been to church for any length of time, I'm sure you've heard this story and that you're familiar with it. Okay, so what do we learn from this? What do we get out of this? Now, there are so many things that I can talk about and learn from this one chapter, but because of time, we're going to focus just on one here this morning. First of all, let's look at Genesis chapter 41, Verse 1, the very first verse that we just read this morning. And what does it say? When two full years had passed. Everyone say that. When two full years had passed. Everyone say it again. When two full years had passed. What does this mean? The cupbearer forgot about Joseph. And he Joseph was in prison for two more years after the cupbearer was restored to his position as Pharaoh's cupbearer. What is the lesson? Don't ever trust a bartender with your problems. Don't ever trust a bartender with your problems because as soon as you pay your bill and leave, the bartender is going to leave and go home and go to sleep and forget about you. Now, so after two full years, Joseph is still stuck in prison for two full years. The Bible says that Pharaoh had a dream the cupbearer remembered, got put in his mind to remember. The cupbearer told Pharaoh what went down when he was in prison. The Pharaoh called up Joseph. Joseph got all cleaned up. He went down there told him his dream. And the Bible says that Pharaoh interpreted the dream and, and Joseph became the second most powerful ruler in the land of Egypt, which at that time was the most powerful nation in the world. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 41, verse 6. In Genesis chapter 41, verse 6, it says this. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Everyone say 30 years old. 30 years old. Joseph was how old? 30 30 years old when he entered into the service of Pharaoh. 30 years old. Okay. Now we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 37, verse 1 and verse 2, which is the beginning of Joseph's little journey here. Genesis chapter 37, verse 1 and 2, and it says this. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed. This is Genesis 37, verse 1 and 2. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers. A young man of 17. Everyone say 17. 17. How old was Joseph when we began this little journey? 17. 17. And how old was he now that he was the king, the second in command? 30. So notice that the Bible specifically tells us that Joseph... It, tells us Joseph's age. At the beginning of his journey, and the Bible tells us Joseph's age when he gets out of prison and begins to join Pharaoh in ruling Egypt. The Bible tells us that Joseph was 17 years old when he was sold out, sold out by his brothers, and he was 30 years old when he was released from prison. That is a period of 13 years. 13 years of suffering and trial with no family, no support, totally alone. All Joseph had was God. That's only that. But Joseph never gave up. Joseph continued to trust God. Joseph continued to put his hope in God. Joseph found his peace, his joy, his rest, his contentment, his fulfillment, his purpose, his significance, his confidence in God. To church, is it possible for you and I just to be happy to have Jesus? Is it possible for you and I just to be content as long as we have Jesus? Even though things may fall apart, even though things may go crazy, even though we may get sick, even though we may get hurt or backstabbed or go through all kinds of madness and chaos, it is it possible for us to be content just to have Jesus? I believe it is, sir. If you're a Christian and you're born again and the spirit of God abides in you, then you should be happy just knowing that you have Jesus in your I go back all the time remembering that day that I got saved. That day when I was 19 years old didn't know nothing, I was on my way to hell, I was so ignorant, I was so naive, never read the Bible in my life, but man, on that day, when Jesus became my personal Lord and Savior, I'm telling you, no matter what goes on in my life today, I just remember that day and I get happy all over again. It doesn't matter what goes wrong or what goes bad, I just remember that day and I get happy all over again. Even though things went from bad to worse, Joseph remained faithful to God. Even though the cupbearers forgot about Joseph, Joseph remained faithful to God. Even though it seemed that he would be in prison for the rest of his life, Joseph remained faithful to God. Even though Joseph was given these very powerful dreams by God in his teen years, and it seemed impossible that they would ever be fulfilled, Joseph remained faithful to God. Have any of you ever prayed for something, and it seemed that nothing changed? It seemed like nothing was happening. It seemed like maybe your prayers were hopeless and a waste of time. It seemed like you were praying for an impossible situation. Every day, praying and trusting God. But it seems that nothing changes. The circumstances don't change. People that you're praying for don't change. And nothing happens. Well, I want to encourage you here this morning. Never give up. Never give up. Keep praying. Don't stop praying. Just like that song that we sang a little while ago in our worship team. Like that song that says, Even the impossible... Is possible for Jesus. Can you say amen? I don't know if you just sang that as words just came out, or if you really meant that in your heart. Even the impossible is possible with God. Never give up and never stop praying. Even though it seems like nothing is changing, even though it seems like nothing is happening, even though it seems like nothing is getting better, never give up and never stop praying. Listen to what it says in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to find out how quick you guys are on your phone right now. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Everyone say that. Always pray and not give up. Say it again. Always pray and not give up. Since we don't have the words on the overhead, always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in the town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she will not eventually come and attack me. So, And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, at the proper time, in God's time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Everyone say that. Do not give up. Say it again. Do not give up. Now, I don't know how many of you listen to KKLA while you're driving your car. I listen to KKLA all the time, okay? It's either KKLA or uh, 106.3, which is that praise, uh, praise music all the time. But mostly, mostly KKLA because they have lots of teaching, good teachers there, good pastors that are always teaching the Word of God. And I need that constantly because, man, I'm getting, we're always getting bombarded with madness and temptations and situations, and so we need to keep that Word of God. 24-7, 24-7, circulated in our spirit, okay? So I listen to KPLA when I'm in the car, whenever I'm driving, okay? And at, I don't know if you guys listen to it at 7 p.m., but at 7 p.m., Pastor Dudley Rutherford from the Shepherd of the Hills Church, which is our neighbor down the street, okay? He usually comes on. And last week, Pastor Dudley Rutherford from Shepherd Church shared about the children of Israel marching around the walls of Jericho. And he said something that relates to what we're talking about here this morning about trusting the Lord, about not giving up, and about praying, okay, God, and he mentioned this, God told Joshua how many days they were going to march around the walls of Jericho, those of you that are familiar with the story of the walls of Jericho coming down, okay, God told Joshua how many days they were to march around the walls of Jericho, but God and Joshua never told the people how many days they were going to have to march around the walls of of Jericho. The only ones that knew were God and um, and Joshua. Yeah, I forgot who I was talking about. And Joshua. They were the only ones that knew how many days. Okay? So when the children of Israel, now check this out. So when the children of Israel marched around the walls of Jericho in the first day in silence, after they marched around the walls of Jericho on the first day and God said, do it in silence. Joshua told the people, Do it in silence. After they marched around in silence, guess what? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. They were expecting something to happen because they had just experienced the River Jordan drying up and over a million people walked across on dry ground just like they did 40 years earlier when they walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. We won't read it right now, but if if you want to research this, in Joshua chapter 3, the book of Joshua chapter 3, okay? Okay. Uh, when they were crossing the Jordan. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 3 that the people saw the waters of the Jordan and it was at flood stage. In other words, it was strong. The current was strong. It was flooding. Uh, there was a lot of water. It was dangerous and it was at flood stage. And God told the people of Israel to cross the Jordan that he would split the sea and they would cross the Jordan, okay? So uh, as soon as the priest stepped into the Jordan River, bam, the water split open, And the people began to walk through on dry ground. They saw it instantly. But again, after they marched around the walls of Jericho on the first day, nothing happened. And the children of Israel marched around the walls of Jericho the second day in silence. And again, nothing happened. Again, they were expecting something to happen, but nothing happened. Now remember, the people were never told how many days they would have to do this. Joshua knew, but the people didn't then the children of israel marched around the walls of jericho the third day again in silence and guess what nothing happened then the children of israel marched around the walls of jericho the fourth day in silence and guess what church nothing happened by the time the fifth day came many of the israelites were probably saying to themselves man what kind of a battle plan does this guy joshua have does he know what he's doing does god know what he's doing what is going on here But it didn't matter. Joshua stuck to God's plan. He was not going to let the people pressure him into questioning God. And so Joshua told the people to march around the wall in silence on the fifth day. And they did it. And guess what? Nothing happened. You guys follow me so far? They're marching around and nothing's happening. So I'm sure there were a number of Israelites now on the sixth day. They marched around the walls of Jericho on the sixth day in silence, and guess what? Again, after the sixth day, nothing happened. The Israelites that were probably saying to themselves, man, how long do we have to keep doing this? How long are we going to march around these walls? How many more days or weeks or months or years are we going to have to march around these walls in silence? We keep doing this, and yet nothing is happening. You see, God's people could have given up after the first day. God's people could have given up after the second day. God's people could have given up after the third or fourth or fifth or sixth day. Just like you and me today, we go to our secret place and we pray, hopefully on a daily basis, and we pray to our God in silence. And even though we go and we pray to our God and it's a quiet place, and we're praying and believing for that miracle, guess what? Nothing happens. We pray and we pray and we pray, every day praying and praying and praying, every day believing and believing, every day trusting God, and guess what? Nothing happens. But we as God's people have to learn a very important lesson. It is, this is what God says we have to, if this is what God says we have to do, then we have to keep doing it until He, as our God, decides to fulfill our prayers. God says, Never give up. God says, keep praying. Keep praying for your lost family members. Never give up. Keep praying for that healing. Never give up. Keep praying for that job. Keep praying for your co-workers. Keep praying for your supervisors. Never give up. Keep praying for that career. Keep praying for your marriage. Keep praying for your kids to get right. Keep praying for our nation. Keep praying for our leaders. Even though it seems like nothing is happening. Even though it seems like nothing is changing. Even though it seems like things are getting worse and worse. Even though it seems like everything is still the same. Even though you are praying in silence in your secret place. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, and never give up. Are you hearing me this morning, Then on the seventh day, the number seven in the Bible is God's number. The number seven in the Bible is always a number of completion. The number seven means that everything is in accordance to God's timing and not ours. It's not about you. It's about God. It's not about you and me. It's about Jesus. It's not about you what you want at your time. No. It's what God wants at his time. And in his way. God says keep praying. Because the seventh day is coming. On the seventh day. God's number. Something happened. They marched around the wall seven times in silence. And then all of a sudden. The people were instructed to shout. Now sometimes. We are instructed to be silent, to be quiet, to not say anything, to just be still and wait on God. But then there are other times that we are instructed to shout, to make some noise, to let people know that there is a God in heaven that loves them and that cares about them, and he's coming soon. Can you say amen? That's why I was a little concerned earlier, because I wasn't hearing any shouting going on here. I said, what's up with this? Like when we praise and worship and exalt the Lord and sing to our God, God says to shout. In Psalm chapter 33, verse 3, sing to Him a new song, play skillfully, and shout for joy. God, sometimes He wants us to make some noise. Psalm chapter 47, verse 1, in the New King James. I have to read in the New King James because certain scriptures, man, they just have to be New King James. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout. To God with the voice of triumph, we get to shout with the voice of triumph. We are the people of God, and he gives us the right and the privilege to be able to shout his name, Jesus. There's a time to be quiet, and there's a time to shout. Right now, I'm doing shouting. Tonight, you can go be quiet, but right now, I'm doing some shouting hopefully they won't call the cops on me apartment Psalm 95 1 come let us sing for joy to the Lord let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation he saved us church he saved us we're not going to hell we're going to heaven that's good news so God told the people to shout and when they did the walls of Jericho came tumbling down and the Israelites went into Jericho and they took The land. Now remember, remember, the people of God could have given up after the first day, but they didn't because nothing happened. They could have given up the second day, but they didn't, even though nothing happened. They could have given up after the third day, but they didn't, even though nothing happened. They could have given up after the fourth day, but they didn't because nothing happened. And they could have given up after the fifth day, after the sixth day. They kept going, they kept praying, they kept kept believing, and finally God showed up. Listen to me. Don't give up, because one day God will show up, If we go back to Joseph, Joseph was trusting in God for 13 years. In silence, nothing happened. Joseph was praying faithfully for 13 years in silence. Nothing happened. Joseph waited patiently on God for 13 years. He was alone. He was abandoned. He had no one. He had nothing. All he had was God, and he was crying out in silence. Nothing happened. But finally, after 13 years, God said, Joseph, you are ready. He was released from prison, and he was elevated to the second highest position of leadership in the most powerful nation of the world at that time, the nation of Egypt. The same thing with David, whom we studied about a few months ago. We started... We started, we stated that his dad, Jesse, didn't invite him to the sacrifice. If you remember, God, his dad, Jesse, did not think that David was important enough. Uh, He was his own son. And he didn't invite him to the sacrifice that Samuel had with with the sacrificial offering. And... And, and Jesse, his dad, left him out there with the sheep and the goats all by himself, totally forsaken, abandoned, alone. He felt that he wasn't important enough to be at that dinner. He felt that he was insignificant enough and, and that and that he didn't have to uh, invite him to that dinner because he, wanted to, he, he just thought his other boys would be there. David, when he showed up with Samuel, he was anointed by the prophet Samuel. David was about 15 years old. When he was anointed... To be the next king of Israel. Just a kid. 15 years old. Joseph started his thing at 17 years old. This guy was 15 years old. You teenagers out there. You that are listening out there. God wants to use you. I don't care if you're 13, 14, 15. He wants to use you. Don't think that you're too young. Don't think that you don't know what's going on. You know more about what's going on than we do. God wants to use you. But you have to have the courage. And the faith. That's why God says, be strong and be very courageous Do not be afraid. You follow God and he's going to be with you. He's going to be your backup. He's going to help you to be successful and he's going to help you to prosper. <laughs> is it an easy journey? I'm here to tell you as a personal witness, it is not an easy journey. But it is a journey that will be powerful for you. David was 15 years of age. And do you know how old he was when he became king? 30 years old when he finally became king. Let me read to you in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 4. David was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned 40 years. He had to wait 15 years before he saw the fulfillment of God's plan for his life. And in those 15 years, if you read about the story of David, he went through all kinds of horrible things but he became king. Back to Joseph. Guess what, church? The dreams that Joseph had still hadn't been fulfilled. We're going to have to wait until next week. In the meantime, keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. And never, ever, ever give up. Because God. Lord, we pray right now, God, that you will help us to believe your word. It is your word for us personally, individually. We are not insignificant. We are not invisible. We are not unimportant. We, Lord God, are special, each and every one of us individually that are listening to me right now, whether we're here present, whether we're in the apartments or on Owen's mouth or on the Internet right now. We are important to you, God. You know everything about us. You care about us, and you love us. And you want to do great things in our life. And sometimes it seems like nothing is happening. But God, help us to know that you are in control. You are in control. You have our backs. If you're listening to me online right now, or if you're even if you're here right now, and you say to yourself, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. If I were to die today or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If that's you here this morning, just lift up your hand. If you're a president, you are not a Christian. You have never surrendered your life to Jesus and you want to receive him here today, just lift up your hand and we will pray anyone at all. If you're out there listening to me right now in our online services, I don't know if the YouTube is back up again or what, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that Jesus is with you right now. And he cares about you. You may be alone in your room. You may be alone in a prison cell. You may feel totally uh, depressed and discouraged and isolated and and, and so alone. So lonely because you feel like nobody cares. That you're not important. That you're not popular. That you're not out there. And and, and people, uh, all kinds of, no, no, no. Don't worry about that. The only thing you have to worry about is God. You put your life in the hands of God. Joseph, he felt abandoned, but God was with him. David, he felt alone, out there with the sheep and the goats. Abandoned by his own dad. But God was with him. And I want you to know, even if you're there by yourself, no family, no support, no friends, no one cares. God cares. And he wants you to surrender your life to him. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you, and I recognize That I have a lot of problems. I have a lot of sin in my life. I've done a lot of things wrong. But I know you Jesus. You came. And you rose again. So that I. Could receive forgiveness of sins. And today. I receive. Your free gift. Of salvation. I ask you. To forgive me. Of all my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give glory to God. Amen. We're going to believe by faith that people came to Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray for all my brothers and sisters here today. Thank you for their courage in coming out here in this heat. And that we're willing to come out here and be a part of the service. Bless them for their sacrifice. Bless their lives. Help them to keep praying and to keep praying and to keep praying and to never give up. In Jesus' name, Father. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank yeah. you.